You're listening to My Work in Progress. I'm Heidi Vega, and on today's episode, we are talking with Lindsay McGonigal. She is a sleep coach for babies and toddlers. Now, you would think that sleeping is pretty straightforward, but I know plenty of adults who don't know how to sleep right, me being one of them. And so obviously babies and toddlers need some coaching in that. And sometimes being parents, we can't always think very clearly when we are up all night um, and day with babies or toddlers. So sleep coaching has actually recently seen a big boom. Um, in just people becoming sleep coaches and people contracting uh, sleeping coaches. I know that there's uh, sleep coaches for adults as well, but today we're kind of more focusing on sleep coaching as far as for uh, babies and just children in general. So let's get into this episode. But before we do, (laughs) let me invite you guys to subscribe if you haven't already. Um, Follow this podcast if you haven't already from wherever you're listening from and don't forget to leave me a review at the end of this uh, episode it really really just helps me out and I appreciate it so much so please go ahead and leave me a review at the end of this um, episode so now let's jump into it Let me just start off by um, welcoming you to the podcast. Thank Um, you. Yeah, it's great to have you on. Do you mind just kind of introducing yourself, telling us a little bit about yourself, what you do, and sure, of course. Thank you so much for having me. This is so fun. And yeah, I am Lindsay McGonigal. I am the founder of Little Lamb Childhood Sleep Consultants, and I'm also a mom to two little sassy girls. They're three and a half and almost two. And I've been married to my husband for five years. And we have a little mutt terrier mix named Kershaw, who we love. Um, He was our first baby. Um, So I'm originally from Southern California and have lived all over the country, but we are now in San Antonio, Texas. So we've been here for about a year. And I, yeah, I have my background is in psychology and actually pastoral care to women. Um, which I love using as part of my sleep consulting business. Now I'm a certified baby and toddler sleep consultant, which I absolutely love and kind of combines a lot of my passions and um, things that I love doing. So what is exactly being a sleep consultant or sleep coach? Yeah, that's such a good question (laughs) because it sometimes surprises me, you know, when you're in it, you don't realize how many people don't even know what it is because it's my life. Um, But yeah, a sleep coach or a sleep consultant is basically someone that helps you with the process of figuring out why your baby or toddler is not sleeping well and helping you make the changes that are needed to get them sleeping as well as they possibly can, you know, that is age appropriate and all of that. Um, So I just help parents cut through all the confusing and conflicting information out there about pediatric sleep and help them figure out exactly what to do to get their child sleeping better. And um, a lot of people think sleep training is just like the method you use. Like people just think cry it out and that's all they really have heard about it. But mm-hmm. it's really so much more holistic and involved and personal than that. And there's so many effective ways that you can go about it. Mm. And, and how did you, uh, how did you get started? 
Yeah, I, of course, I mean, a lot of us did come out of our own struggle with sleep. So my kids were not good sleepers. (laughs) My two little girls, um, who I, of course, love dearly, but they were just horrible. My first one was just the hardest (laughs) newborn. Um, I mean, I've always had a hard time sleeping even before kids. But when you throw in that layer of someone else waking you up all night, um, I just couldn't even get myself back to sleep a lot of the time. So I would be up all night with my newborn and not even sleeping in between her feeds. And she had um, nursing issues and weight gain issues. So it was just a really stressful time. Um, but we were able to make it through the first few months. And we just, I, I hit a wall where I had to change something because I was just like losing my mind and having sleep deprived accidents and just, you know, was not myself at all. So we sleep trained her right around three months and kind of like, I didn't know a whole lot. I had read things at that point and was like, we're just going to do this, you know? And so we had her cry it out. Like when she was pretty young, looking back, I'm like, Oh my gosh, I don't know if I would have done it the same way now, but, Mm. um, but it worked really well for her. Like she started sleeping straight through the night. Like she was a little baby, but she was sleeping straight through the night at 12 weeks and always has since then. So I was just like, this sleep training stuff is amazing. And, you know, I mean, I, thought that I did such a good job figuring it out Um, and so when my second baby was born less than two years later um, I just was like we just got to get to 12 weeks we just got to get to 12 weeks and we'll (laughs) sleep train her and she just did not respond in the same way she is such a different personality she has such a different temperament I mean she was a huge baby um, by by my baby's standards she was much bigger than my first baby so I thought she would just respond great to sleep training Um, But it turns out she has this really strong, well, little personality. And there were just a lot of little factors that I did not um, know to, you know, to equate for and to plan for. And so when I did the same type of scheduling and sleep training with her, it just did not work. And Mm -hmm. I was baffled. And for months, I mean, I look back with a lot of regret, actually, with how much we let her cry, just like it breaks my heart. But I was so desperate, you know, being that level of sleep deprived and exhausted when you're having a toddler all day and then you have a baby all night that you're up with and I just never got a break you know and so we tried and tried and I just have so much compassion for moms that are in this situation because I know (laughs) there's a lot of them out there that are just like you just don't know what else to do and so you're doing things that you might look back on and regret but you just are desperate and you need sleep you know and that's not an unreasonable need for moms to have. Um, So anyways, it just wasn't working. And so after like months and months, I mean, like she, it was probably four or five months, we finally hit the point where we're like, okay, what we're doing is not working, we need to call in some help. And I was convinced that I already knew everything and that Mm -hmm. whatever the sleep consultant was going to tell me would not really help, but I, I need to at least try and the sleep consultant that we hired just came at it with a new perspective and new eyes. And she didn't change a whole lot of what I was doing, but she did change some really key elements that I'd been missing. So it opened mm-hmm. my eyes to understanding how much science is involved behind their sleep and how much little tweaks and changes can make all the difference. And you just can't see it when you're the one in it and you're sleep deprived and you're just in that fog, you know, and barely functioning each day. And so, yeah, she started sleeping through the night after three nights and really has been a great, like not as good as my first, but overall a really great sleeper since then. Um, And that led me down this path of just realizing like, man, that was like the best decision of my life. Like I wish (laughs) I had done it sooner and I really want to help other moms in the same situation. So 
that's how I ended up going down the path of getting training and certified and starting the business. Nice. And so I kind of um, uh, stuck on a little bit of what you said about that there's so much information out there and it can be very confusing and one contradicts the other. And so just kind of you mentioning the fact that you feel kind of like you know it all because I feel like every mom nowadays, especially millennials, um, we like to do our quote unquote research. You know, we go online and we see what all these um, different sources have to say about sleep training. And so then you get to a point where you're like, wait, but that's saying something different. And you almost feel just overwhelmed. And I can completely see how a a sleep coach will you know, it, they're coming from a, a different place than you. And they're more, they're just better trained. And when it's not your kid, you don't feel as almost um, helpless. Mm-hmm. I guess you would say. So. That's so true. I know there is so much conflicting information out there. There's so just mm-hmm. so much information out there in general that we have access to. And it is really hard to synthesize all of that into what will work for your particular child at their age, their size, their temperament in your family, your home. You know, there's so many factors that those books just don't, they don't, they can't spell it out for you because they just, you know, obviously it's a book. And so that is a lot of what I do is helping them cut through all of that, um, throw out the bad stuff, you know, implement the things that are actually evidence-based and um, will work, you know, for your child. It is really hard. That's why my heart just goes out to the moms that are struggling who feel hopeless because they feel like where I was, that you've done all the research, you've tried, you know, quote unquote, everything, and it's just not working. And so they give up or just stay in this really dark place. And that's where I love to come in and just shed light and be like, we can do this, you know, we can figure this out. And Sometimes it is a process, but a lot of times it, it gets better really quickly and it's amazing to see. So that's what I love to see happen. Can you talk a little bit about how your relationship is like with the parents and then with the child? Um, yeah, how that dynamic works? Yes, um, I love working with these moms and I do work with some dads too who are amazing. Mm-hmm. Sometimes I do have the dad reach out. So I love that. But it is usually the mom, you know, the mom is the one up at night, typically, <laughs> um, you know, breastfeeding or whatever. And so I get really close to some moms. I have different plans that, you know, have different levels of support. And sometimes the, it goes so well from the beginning that I don't even hear from the moms that much because they just send me the email and are like, it's working great, you know. And then other moms, you know, want from the beginning a lot of support. And so we have constant text messaging support and phone calls. So I really get to know them and their families and you know, we feel like friends by the end of it. And Mm -hmm. that is sometimes a lot of what you need is just a hand to hold and somebody that is helping you reach those goals. um, You know, that's in the same boat that's invested in it that and that really knows what they're talking about. So. um, So yeah, I do get close to a lot of them. And I just feel so privileged that they trust me with this really personal area of their life. You know, like, I don't take that for granted that this is like their most precious 
thing in their responsibility right. of their little baby. Right. And so, you know, that's why I'm really big on being evidence-based and up on all the, you know, most like all the safety recommendations for safe sleep. And I never have anyone go against what their pediatrician would say, of course. And all of those things are so important because I, you know, I need to recognize how um, important my role is in advising them in this area. Mm, yeah, completely. And do you do both in person and um, text message or is it one or the other? I do. Yeah, I have a variety of plans, but I do in home and then that's usually followed by daily um, support, whether it's via email or text message plus some phone calls. And then, you know, I do that all the way up to just a little bit of email support. And for an experienced mom that just has a couple issues they're dealing with, that can work great also. Um, but most of my clients are all over the country and I even have clients in Asia and Europe also. So I can really work with anyone, which is something that I love and I do it all from my house. So, um, and then my San Antonio clients are the ones that I get to see in person, which is always really fun for me because I love getting to like meet the moms and meet the babies and, you know, helping them work through like the moment by moment, listening to what their cries sound like and helping them, you know, to discern what the different ways of communicating are Mm. and do you um feel that the sleep obviously parents sleep less if the babies are sleeping less but do you find that parents uh gain almost better sleeping habits even before they had the kid because of this new implementation of um new kind of a sleep routine for the child Yeah, that's so true. You know, I haven't even thought about that very much. um, Because usually it is a matter of just implementing the plan to get the kids sleeping better, and then the parent starts. But I mean, it is true that a lot of it applies to parents. And so Mm -hmm. they can um, learn about the importance of a consistent schedule, which really is just as important for adults as for kids. And, you know, cutting out screen time and making sure your nutrition is supporting your sleep, it all does apply to parents as well. So um, I definitely, you know, hear parents saying like, I need to apply some of this, you know, I need my own sleep plan. And we talk through a lot of that too. Hmm. And you said you do um, babies and toddlers. So what's like the actual uh, range as far as age goes? Yeah, I technically start at three weeks gestation. So if you're born early, I might not start right at three weeks. But um, once they're three weeks from their due date, um, you can implement so many um, crucial ways of soothing the baby and extending their night sleep as early and as age appropriate as possible. Of course, we're not doing like real sleep training with a newborn, but you can do a lot to establish safe and healthy sleep habits from the beginning that actually do encourage better night sleep typically. Um, But Mm -hmm. so all the way from that up to age five, you know, at that point, you're usually dealing with more behavioral issues, but sometimes there's a scheduling issue or nutritional things you need to look at. Um, Mm -hmm. So it's really different working with babies and toddlers. There's some common dynamics, but my, my most common clients are usually infants zero to 12 months. And then I work with a lot of two to three year olds who are having (laughs) trouble transitioning into a big kid bed or something like that. Mm. Is that something that you see most often as far as two to three years old? That's that's like usually the main thing. Yes. Um, the fact that they're sleeping in their own like area. Yes. Typically yeah. it's because the transition happened, you know, too early. Um, sometimes it's 
unavoidable because the toddler is climbing out of their bed and they've tried everything to discourage that and it's just not working. So um, Mm. that is a really common time where sleep deteriorates again because the, you know, a two-year-old just doesn't have the self-control usually to stay in bed and to Mm. handle looking at, you know, an open door that they can just walk through and go find mommy and daddy. So um, they don't have that self-control. So that's why I really encourage parents of toddlers to just wait on that transition as long as possible and Mm. use a sleep sack that sometimes can help delay it and um, if they do end up climbing out um, at an early age where they're really not ready to transition, then I recommend treating the room like their crib and still trying to keep boundaries and barriers up like at the door, you know, with a baby gate or something just for safety and mm-hmm. to avoid, yeah. you know, the baby coming out of or the toddler coming out of their room for, I mean, you know, three, four or five times a night for some poor parents <laughs> are dealing with that. Okay. Okay. And what what's something that um, would be kind of like expectation versus the reality of being a sleep coach? Yeah, um, there's so much, you know, there's a wide range of experiences. So sometimes things Mm -hmm. go really well right away. And that that is a really common experience for me, you know, weekly and daily. So that's great. But there's also definitely going to be stressful times where you're working through, you know, as much as you're you have experience with and expertise with. And so you do have to know that there's some stress involved that, you know, you're not always going to nail every baby down to on their perfect sleep plan right away. You know, there's some fine tuning and adjustments that will need to happen for some babies and um, naps can be the hardest part of a plan. Um, Just getting that good long afternoon nap can take some extra time. So you do have to have realistic expectations. And I'm always Mm -hmm. telling moms that, um, you know, going into it just to make sure that their expectations are realistic and that, you know, that usually sleep improves very quickly within the first few nights, but you're not necessarily 100% there and meeting all of our sleep goals in three days, you know, that's not usually realistic. Mm-hmm. So it's kind of like, um, I mean, there's instances in which that there's more factors involved. So even if you fix one thing, other things need to be fixed. You had mentioned um, diet kind of being one of those things that can throw off uh, sleep for anyone, really. Um, How do you go about kind of doing that? Because like people invite you in and say, you know, come help my child sleep. And then you're like, well, let me tell you something about diet. Yes. Are Are they welcoming to that? Yes, definitely. Um, You know, it is you do have to approach some sensitive topics. So I always just put it in, you know, this is an ideal plan. And the world isn't always ideal. So I realize and I'm a mom of toddlers and babies, too, that one of them is a very picky eater. So, you know, I understand the challenges that parents face. But um, yeah, I do write up, I do a full assessment with my clients before writing up their plan. And then I write up a plan Mm -hmm. that covers all these aspects. There's usually like 13 to 20 different um, Mm -hmm. sections of the plan that covers different things. And I almost always include a nutrition section just so they, that they have it for reference and um, you know, and it really encourages whole foods, not too much sugar, just some obvious things, but some other more complicated things that, they might not have thought of like combinations of food and making sure protein and complex carbs are adequate. Um, even mm-hmm. at an early age, like a seven month old, I often see seven to eight month olds 
um, who are mostly still eating uh, or having a lot of milk during the day. And then they're only eating fruits and vegetables and they are still waking up a lot at night. And parents think like, how can they, you know, be hungry? They're eating a lot. And sometimes it is just that they're not having enough protein with complex carbs. Mm. Um, you know, even at that age, it can make a big difference and that can really satisfy them a lot longer in during the night. Mm. I understand. And, uh, can you talk about a few success stories? I don't, I don't need you to mention any names per se. Absolutely. Yeah. I, yeah. One of my favorite ones that I just always come back to is um, a toddler boy that I worked with. Um, he was such a sweet kid and um, he was about two and a half and he had literally never slept through the night. Like he had been mm-hmm. up every night of his life, his poor parents. Um, you know, at least two or three times and often more throughout the night. And he would get out of his bed and come in the room. But even before he was in his own bed, he was up all night as a baby too. And so, you know, his, his mom came to me like at the end of her rope, being honest and saying our marriage is really struggling. Like we're not having extra kids because we just can't handle the thought of, you know, another baby keeping us up all night. And um, so we just, I use my toddler, um, plan, which is really comprehensive and uses a lot of, you know, rewards and um, reinforcing the plan from all different angles. And so you really set these kids up for success as much as possible before you even start, you know, so we did all of that. And this little kid was just bright and caught on right away and was so into it. And so he slept through the night on night one, like literally just stayed in bed all night. He earned his stickers, you know, like it was just an incredible breakthrough for them like they're like we've never ever not been woken up by him at night you know that was on night one and he um you know still we had to work on slowly weaning him off of their presence so we we use a gradual method for that and so it wasn't like everything was perfect from night one but he did sleep through the night the rest of the time we worked together and I just checked in with that mom recently um actually she checked in with me and just wanted me to know that he's still sleeping through the night like six months later and they're pregnant with their you know long-awaited second child and that everybody's doing better so (laughs) that one was just like man sleep makes such a difference for families you know like it really can change the course of the families Mm-hmm. Yeah. And then I've had, you know, so much work with babies where they, especially like four to six month olds who hit the regression around four months and they're up every mm-hmm. one to two hours, you know, and the parents mm-hmm. are just waiting it out, waiting it out. And they finally decide to sleep training and uh, sleep train. And a guy just had one this week that is on night three. She was up every one to two hours, um, you know, taking 20 minute naps all day. And she's now just waking once to eat, you know, on night three. And so the parents are like, it's just amazing how fast it can work. Um, and I do attribute that to just making sure that all the details of the plan are followed so that mm-hmm. any tears that are shed are for a very clear purpose. And they, you know, they improve their sleep really quickly. Yeah. Do you do you have any um, women or men who reach out to you who are single parents trying to sleep train? I do. I definitely do. I mean, they are, you know, even more in need of that break during the day for naps or for, you know, making bedtime not take hours. So I've definitely worked with single parents. And, you know, I love that because it's, you know, especially necessary for them to get their rest. (laughs) Yeah, yeah, I can only I can only imagine um but the dynamic of even how they're going to go about it changes when you don't have like two people on hand you yes know, to kind of 
mm-hmm. go through that. Yeah. There's definitely a lot of factors I take into account when I recommend the method of training, mm-hmm. you know, because if you do have multiple kids and only one parent, it might limit some of your options depending on the age of the other kids. You know, you might yeah. not be able to do a method where you're in the room the whole time because you can't leave your other kids alone. Mm-hmm. Um, so there, that is a factor and we just kind of work with um, whatever we're dealing with and we figure out something that you know the parent is comfortable with and that we think the child will respond to the best hmm. do you find if uh, you have more than like one it's more than one child in the home but they call for this one child you end up kind of sleep tra- like coaching both children yeah, um, that, yeah. that has happened for sure mm-hmm. um a lot of the time they just end up applying some of the same concepts and just switching yeah. the schedule up to be more age appropriate. And I'll, I'll answer a few questions here or there. So I have had parents say like, you know, I know we hired you for the baby, but the toddler's doing so much better now too, because <laughs> it really gives the parents just an overall confidence of like, yes, we do need a plan. We need to stick to our plan and the kids really thrive when you do that. And so right. that can translate to the other kids and Um, you know, and sometimes the kids understand like, okay, like this, I like this leadership, you know, from my parents, like kind of being in charge, Mm -hmm. because a lot of the times, you know, not necessarily intentionally, the kids are kind of running the show, you know, like they're asleep. And if they cry at night, you know, no matter when they cry, you run to them. And, um, you know, and there's a place for that, for sure. But when sleep is deteriorating, so much and everybody's suffering from it obviously setting boundaries um, at some point is a really important thing too and kids do respond Mm -hmm. really well to that and and parents end up being so proud of their kids for like you know showing them wow they really can fall asleep by themselves they can sleep all the way through the night um you know so it's really neat to see yeah and um are there different I'm assuming there's different uh methods for different sleep coaches um Yes. What, what, how do you find a sleep coach that like fits kind of your mentality as far as um, sleeping goes? Right. That's yeah. another really good question because there are some consultants that have one method and they kind of stick to it and they believe in that. And there are um, others like me who actually have you know, a full toolbox of lots of different options. And so we, um, I personally really believe in finding the right fit for families, that that is a key and and there's evidence and research to support this concept of one of the most important things in a sleep plan is that it fits the parent, that they are going to be consistent, that they are going to have confidence in it and not be Mm -hmm. doing something that, um, you know, doesn't jive well with their parenting philosophy. So I have, really tools on the full range of sleep sleep training spectrum so from Mm. really gentle slow gradual methods all the way to the more extreme methods and and we usually start somewhere in the middle and just kind of adjust depending on how the child is responding Um, Mm. you know we do our best to figure it out in the beginning but sometimes we do need to make adjustments just because we don't know how the child's going to respond um, yeah. for sure so but yeah I, I do recommend people researching that and asking those questions to make sure they find someone that um, if they are you know for instance really wanting to do a gradual method well you're not going to fit well with someone who only does a cry-based method you know mm-hmm. um, but it might be good to have someone that has um, different tools in their toolbox so that if that one method isn't working well for your child you don't feel stuck there you can move a different direction if you need to okay and um 
Do you have any words of advice for for parents, for the tons and tons, I'm sure, of parents (laughs) who are um, kind of going through a hard time as far as sleep training and stuff like that? Yes. Oh, man. I My heart just goes out to anyone out there that's suffering with sleep deprivation. I mean, it truly does deteriorate your mental and physical and emotional health. Um, so my message is just that there is hope. You don't have to stay stuck in this place. Um, but you know, that I understand feeling stuck and why, you know, you haven't reached out for help. Um, but I just want to offer hope and that there is light at the end of the tunnel, you know, they will get better, (laughs) but that you don't have to just wait it out. Like there are things you can do to actually be active and making that change happen. And, and often Mm -hmm. it is, better to do it sooner than later, just because some of these habits um, can be really ingrained and harder to change as the baby gets older. So it's usually better to reach out, you know, sooner than later, like we probably can't sleep train a newborn, but once they're after four months old or so, there's a lot you can do. And you can even do a lot in the newborn stage, but um, you can make a lot of fast progress once they're, you know, four months old or so. Hmm. And where can people find you, follow you, and reach out to you? I am at sleeplittlelamb.com, um, and you can use that handle for Instagram and Facebook. It's at sleeplittlelamb, um, and I am on Instagram a lot. I'm also on Facebook, and my website has a blog that has a lot of helpful information on it for anything from newborns up to toddlers. Um, and you can, you know, even message me through my chat box on my website. I'm, I'm often there and able to answer some quick questions. Great. Thank you so much. Thank you so much for being on the podcast. I love interviewing, um, I'm a little biased, but women, especially who are just kind (laughs) of, um, entrepreneurs in their own right and really offering help, um, that tends to gear towards other women who are, Um, kind of on the struggle bus whether that's with their kids or um, just with themselves and so I really appreciate the work that you're doing and um, love having you on maybe we can do a follow-up later on maybe I'm going to reach out for you (laughs) to you uh, for my kid because I'm having (laughs) trouble right now Um, oh man well thank you so much for having me it's so great to be here and to hopefully connect with some moms and offer them some hope in you know the situations that they're so what do you guys think I really enjoyed having Lindsay on she's so interesting and it's just I kind of just want to pick her brain all day like even off of the podcast I just want to pick her brain on um, helping toddlers sleep honestly because I'm having my own trouble with my toddler currently Um, you know I didn't always have a room for her Uh, for a while we were in a one bedroom when she was first born we were in a one bedroom Um, it was really difficult um, just (laughs) Uh, I didn't know much okay let's just say that and I was kind of young and dumb and I didn't know what to believe I was one of those people that were 
definitely online and seeing such contradicting information and I just didn't know what route to go and I was worried that any route I would go was going to like ruin my child like scar her for life so honestly what I did is nothing like I didn't pick a specific sleep technique I just kind of kept her with me and I guess that is choosing you know and so um I would just have her sleep in the crib right next to our bed and then so it was room sharing for a while and then um for a while she would eat so much at night that I would just have her in the bed next to me and let her eat um I I breastfed her and then it just turned into her sleeping in our bed and um I know that's a big no-no but that's that's what it led to and then um after a while it was just like what we were used to and then we moved out of there and then we were living with his parents for a while it was a whole mess I'm not even gonna lie so she never had her own room um so it was a lot of bed sharing for a while and then when we were doing the military move it became difficult because he was in training and I had this room to myself again Um, and it made it even harder kind of doing it on my own for those months while he was in training and trying to figure out um, how to get sleep myself but also how to sleep train her and that was like the worst because I already had passed a certain age by that time she was already like one and um or she was later in months I'd want to say like 10 months eight months old by that point and uh that was difficult because you know she's in that stage she's already growing she's accustomed to sleeping um next to me and so to try to sleep train her I would but I would be very unsuccessful because just the stress on one person. And I wish I would have known about sleep coaches back then because I would have totally gone for it, you know. So now here I am. She is a toddler and she's still used to sleeping with us. And I know I say this with so much. How would I say? I say this with so much. I don't want to say shame because it is what it is but I say it with embarrassment a little bit um, of the fact that she's grown up used to sleeping in my bed but honestly um, it's just you know you have to learn from your mistakes and I'm trying to correct it now but it's it's really difficult because she's so used to it and I I'm responsible for that but So I myself have a reason to contact Lindsay and really um, try to see if she can help me at least just get her used to sleeping in her own bed and eventually in her own room. I don't don't know if it'll just, I don't know what we're going to do, but Lindsay, girl, I need your help. So that being said, now that I've shared, um, a little bit of my life and a little bit of my struggles right now with you guys. Don't be afraid to reach out for help. I know as far as like in motherhood or just in generally being a parent goes, we feel a little bit like if we ask for help that we have somehow failed, but um, we need to be able to ask for help and uh, reach out to other people and know that that doesn't make us a bad parent. If anything, it makes us 
good parents that we actually are reaching out and you should never feel shameful of the fact that you are a work in progress as far as parenting goes and you always will be because your children are just going to get keep getting older and changing and that means that you're going to have to change with them and sometimes you won't know how to do it correctly until you fall and fail and learn from it so um that's my little spiel (laughs) I don't usually do a long little thing at the end but I just wanted to share that with you guys because I know that was my hesitation um in raising Riri to ask somebody for help or talk to somebody about uh, what I was going through as far as as her sleeping habits was um, went. <laughs> so now I'm trying to um, not ramble. So uh, thank you guys again so much for listening to this episode. I hope you guys learned a little bit of something. Don't forget to reach out to Lindsay or just follow her. Um, If you have a toddler or baby, she actually posts like little tips here and there and just um, it's it's really just nice to follow. Um, I follow her currently and I love to see the little um, success stories or just motivational things that she posts about like you know parenthood is difficult getting your child to sleep can be difficult but you can do it kind of thing um so yeah that and don't forget to follow me on instagram i let you guys know what's up what's coming up on this podcast uh my handle is at me or (laughs) it's me heidi v and yeah so uh, don't forget, guys, review this podcast. It You don't know how much it means to me when you guys review this podcast. Um, I really appreciate every review. I read every review, good or bad. I'm there. It might sting a little, but I will, re- I will read it and uh, take the constructive criticism um, or the good, the good criticism, whatever. <laughs> Those are juxtaposed the um, nice comments, whatever. So let me get off before I continue to ramble. And thank you guys again so much for listening. Don't forget to unapologetically be a work in progress.